The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> I want players that hate the rules. Plain and simple. I want players that I know when the game is over, they are crawling into the locker room. They need help getting their gear off. It's going to take them time to get in the shower. I want the buses to be late to the airport. All right, it's the C3 Panthers podcast. It's up All right, folks, 9.02 on a Tuesday night after the Panthers have dropped their third consecutive. Right? It is... We have been losers too frequently for what we were prepared for this season. We fall to the Seattle Seahawks 30 to 27 when it seemed like the game should have been ours. Missed opportunity, what you will hear. And we're here tonight on the show to help you find those opportunities opportunities to mourn, to grow, to get through what was the six and two start and now a six and five record. Cody Lashney here tonight to help me make sense out of a world with pain in it. Tony Dunn, man. We are the counselors and our podcast is the couch for everyone to lay down on. Vent with us, baby. It's the C3 podcast. We do this every Sunday and every Tuesday night. We're here again. You know we have so much to talk about it, and there ain't nothing to it but to do it, so let's just do it. We appreciate all the support in the chat room. Welcome, Lynn, Carlton, Jeremy, Michael, Will, Nova Black. Cat calls lines. The the mailbox is full. I mean, not full that you can't continue to call, but there's a good bit of agony frustration, and a lot of people searching for answers. In fact, this three consecutive loss here made my dang, I'm sick. I'm physically sick from what we've had to endure. And so we're going to talk about all that tonight, how the 
coaching staff is dealing with this, how the Panthers players are reacting, how the fan base is reacting, and and what we see coming out of this, heading against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, we're doing it with you guys. James Woodley coming strong. Thank you, my friend, for the support. He said, go to the Stephen A. Smith show, 11-27-2018, and listen at 25:43, he answered the question on what our problem is on YouTube. We're gonna check that out. You guys, check that out. We'll be sure to integrate that in the show at some point. We'll try to get it on tonight if we can. Uh, go ahead and subscribe on YouTube. Turn your phone to portrait mode. Smash that thumbs up button. If you're watching on Facebook, we appreciate it. Go ahead and smash that like button. Share the show with a friend. And uh, on Periscope, go ahead and retweet it. We appreciate the support. Thank you, Michael Jones, for that. So what we got here is um, a lot to talk about, and we're going to break it up with you. The Cat Calls line is 252-228-1598. Let's, let's just go ahead and start with this question for you, Cody. What is on your mind at this point now that the Panthers are, what I would say, in a catastrophic I think sometimes that look losing three games is not losing five games in a season is not something that is is terrible in it on its own right. But sometimes the way you lose does tell you a little bit of the story. And right now the Panthers have a long road ahead of them if they want to make anything out of this season. And I don't even know if it's truly possible. I think that's what we're all wondering at this point. You know, I, I feel like we were led to believe that this was a real contender for the Super Bowl. I mean, especially after that win over the Ravens and that defense and what we were able to do. Man, we were riding high, man. But since then, things have just come crashing down. And, you know, the the season's not over. You know, it, it does not look good as of right now as we've lost three in a row. But uh, we're six and five, and it's not impossible for us to get into the playoffs. And while we may not be very confident about how we'll do in the playoffs, um, it, this season has not completely gotten away from us yet. But what I will say is, right now, it's how bad does this team want it? Do they want it bad enough to right the ship, get everyone's stuff in order, and just be the embodiment of that keep pounding and make a playoff run and do what even a lot of Panther fans are saying that this team isn't going to be able to do, and that's make a run. You know, there really hasn't been much to indicate that because the the defense has seemed to be so porous, and right now it just doesn't seem to be a, a lot of answers when it comes to the personnel part. So – Let's talk about this as Ron Rivera reacts to the to the game's loss. And I feel like there was a lot, a lot of responsibility in the game following immediately after the game placed on the players and giving up big plays. And it is you want to know the story of this problems with big plays over the top. And then you talk about missed opportunities on the offense. But at the same time. You know, there's some real issues that I have when it comes to the roster composition at this point in the season. And I don't think players control that entirely. Well, actually, I know they don't control it at all. So to me, it is not as just as simple as 
hey, we were there and we missed the kick. I think that these problems, Cody, are more systemic to the organization. And there's a reason we're not winning. There is a true reason we are not winning. Yeah, there really is a a reason that we're not uh, winning. We're letting teams throw the ball all over us. And that is a problem. Um, You know, one of the things that I did want to mention, and I I saw, uh, I want to give credit to him, Josh Klein on Twitter. We've had him on the show before. Uh, You know, he did make it a point to mention that we signed Ross Cockrell and Denora Searcy, and both of them are injured and hurt and not on the team anymore. Uh, Then Dante Jackson goes down the first play of the game. Then we're depending on uh, Captain Marlin and then Corn Elder putting them on the outside. And yeah, it's, it's, it's bad, but there was an attempt to build more depth in this backfield, but it's just been injured and we were kind of left with the shambles of what was left over. Um, But man, when you see what, they were able to do to us. I mean, our defense had no answer for Seattle uh, going down the stretch. We just needed a stop one time. And every time they had the ball in their hands, they were able to move down the field and at least get three points out of it. Um, It it was an embarrassing performance. Um, Another incredible game by Cam Newton that was all for nothing, and Christian McCaffrey as well. Um, You know, it's so... Um, cliche to say it, but complimentary football is a real thing. And right now, this offense and the defense do not know how to complement each other. All right. Um, you know, one of the things that Ron Rivera was asked, and let's go ahead and cue up a little Ron Rivera clip uh, for the show from the pod, from the post game. This was actually, this is Monday morning. Ron Rivera addressing some of these uh, issues when it comes to how the coaching staff has handled this. And this is the type of Ron Rivera that I have been frustrated with. I believe ever since 2015 and we went to the Super Bowl, Ron Rivera has failed to fall on the sword for anyone. I feel like he has been quick. It's a subtle blame he places. But it is not a, hey, this is a team loss. This is on the coaches just as much as anything. We're going to, I'm going to have this fixed. And at the end of the day, we're, you know, it is here. We did our job. And these guys didn't. Cody, let's go ahead and cue it up. And um, some of your opening comments that maybe you got, you as a, you all as a staff need to make some changes. Um, no, I said we got to take a look at see what we're doing and see if we need to change some things up. Things that we have to get corrected. We can't allow those critical mistakes as coaches. We can't have them as players. Um, and maybe we need to look and rethink some of the things that we have them do. Maybe it's on us. You know, I, and that was the second part of the clip was um, from earlier in the press conference where he did, like, why are you giving, first of all, Jordan Rodriguez had a tough week. When I say a tough week, the fans have been giving her shit on Twitter. Ron yeah. Rivera gave her shit. Ron Rivera gave her shit there. And we might even have a little fun talking about it tonight as well. So, hey, I'm not above 
uh, look, it's all in good fun for me. It's not about being mean. But at the same time, like, I felt like Ron Rivera was not out of line there. But, like, yeah, you did say this. Like, what What the heck, Ron? Maybe it's uh, maybe you guys are doing some things wrong. Maybe you guys are putting some players in some poor situations. This defense has been atrocious. Cody, how can it be like this? You know, uh, that that is a, a very good question. And, in fact, uh, it's such a good question that I pitched it to you all. And if you follow me on Twitter, at Cody Lack, um, I asked the question of Panther Nation. Uh, I said, well, what is this? Is it is it Eric Washington? Is he the one to blame for this? Or do we have a situation where our defense is finally just showing how old it is? And shout out to Joe Riolano, who isn't joining us tonight. Um, you know, he get said well. this in the – yeah, get well, man. He said that uh, – uh, he said this in the preseason, that this was – uh, a problem that he saw then. Uh, and now it just seems like uh, this is, I mean, it, it is a real issue moving forward. And, and, you know, the age on the defense has something that we've been worried about, but I don't know if we thought it would be as big of a problem as it, is, as it has turned out to be. And, um, of course, it's not showing the results right now, but uh, on the on the Twitter link, it was 19% on Eric Washington, 21% were too old, and a whopping 60% of you who voted, which was 129 of you, said that it's probably both of them. So it seems as though right now it's a confluence of we're old on all the wrong places of the football field, and Eric Washington just doesn't instill a lot of faith in our fan base in our fan base, and maybe even with some of the players right now. It, it makes you wonder if they buy into him as a defensive coordinator. Jeremy Clancy says Elder was put in a bad position. He played primary, primarily nickel in college. I think not only, look, in fact, this was going to be one of the tops of my ice up picks was people dumping on Corn Elder. Now, look, don't get me wrong. Corn Elder missed, did not make some important plays. Um, and he was right there to make them a couple of times, and he didn't come up. But at the same time that people are running to thro- throwing him under the bus, this man missed the entire season and preseason and training camp last year, his rookie year, uh, on IR. He then has no meaningful playing time in the NFL until yesterday. That was the first, I mean, until Sunday, the first time he has seen any action outside of special teams, maybe than just a couple of snaps that we would have to hunt down like crazy to find. And then he's the reason we lost. I'm telling you that that is diffusing that is that's that's placing blame in the worst possible places right it just is and that's fine that corn like will lassiter says that was just not ready but that's on the staff and on top of that this whole conundrum that we have been trotting out four corners 
James, Bra- how about this? Let's talk about how James Bradbury at moments we thought he was going to be good. And then he continues to be awful at times. Right. Let's talk about that yeah. other than corn elder. Right. So what to me, that's the thing that we got there. And, um, I just, to me, I think at the same time, what we need, Cody, is that we need a a coach who is saying, look, we play with the players we got and we got to put them in places to succeed. I don't like this attitude. In fact, I think it was Eric Washington, and I am a Eric Washington defender. I think he's a great speaker. Let's just put it that way. I believe he is a great speaker. He exudes confidence. He has a kind of machismo to him that I like. And what he said here was we didn't change our scheme at all because of the personnel. And I just think he said next man up. And I think that is absurd. That's like saying that Curtis Samuel should just do the same things that Kelvin Benjamin did. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's so much confusion. I honestly feel like our coaching staff right now, they're just kind of flying by the seat of their pants. And even with Ron Rivera, it's never felt that way before. There's just something different about this season. Uh, players out of place, it really does feel like, um, you know, whoever our defensive backs coach is, uh, you know, we keep on forgetting to, to bring him up. But, you know, and I know it was a last minute thing. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, I've been playing this James Bradbury clip, and I mean, really, it's easy to see that. I mean, there, there's these misassignments. One minute Bradbury is making a play, and then the next minute is like, oh, oh, where are my ankles? Oh, I don't know where they are. Oh, oh, and I'm down. You know, this this continues to happen, even with some of the best players on our team. It doesn't seem like they're doing their due diligence on making sure that their fundamentals are sound. And and I, I don't know what it is. And I think that's the most frustrating part. When you see the most the more talented people on our team being affected by what it seems to us is coaching that isn't getting the job done. And, and it's just super frustrating. A lot of good chat going on in the chat room. Um, Brother Herbert here. I hope you're feeling better, Brother Herbert. He was struggling after the post game, and he said that, uh, uh, look, have I ever said anything good about James Bradbury? And that, my friend, if there's anything about Brother Herbert, he's an honest man. And he has certainly never said that James Bradbury was good. And I think that that's also the point is that in, 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 in what I think Brother Herbert's saying here, and that's important to remember, is that the idea that you hedge James Bradbury at this point being the guy is just unwise at this point. You know what? Is James Bradbury might be the guy who should be stepping in uh, when Dante Jackson gets hurt, like a, a player of that caliber. He should be the number two guy on a team, and it should have been him fighting for a number two spot, not just owning a number one spot. Ton of great comments in the in the chat room. We appreciate it. Thank you for your support on Facebook. The number's 252-228-5098. We even got people donating to the show, which is crazy. We really appreciate that. But I think we also got a special guest appearance to bring on to the podcast. 
a man who we know from the cat calls line, a man who has decided that he wants to be a larger part of this therapy session. Nova Black is going to join the C3 podcast using Shindig. We appreciate it. Nova Black, what is up, my friend? Hey, guys, can you hear me? Yes, yes sir. We can. Loud and clear. All right, I'm new to this Shindig thing, but yeah, glad to be here. <laughs> That's all right, man. That's all right. Yeah, <laughs> listen, we want to tell, we want, I just want to uh, uh, give a shout out to everyone real quick that this is why Tony and I have been using Shindig. We want all of you to have an appearance on here and talk with us about the Carolina Panthers. Nova, we're happy to have you on, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here, man. And, uh, you know, be a part of this and, 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 and help you guys get the word out so everybody can get the liking and sharing. Because I've been following you guys for a couple seasons now. And uh, and I, I really like what y'all do and what y'all bring in the Panther Nation, especially diehard fans like myself and film junkies and people who want to hear thoughts of other others out here. Yeah, this is good for us. Word up. Tell us what is on your mind in the wake of this heartbreaking loss. What to you, Nova, is most important at this moment? Is it fighting for an opportunity to make the playoff? Is it looking ahead to potentially replacing the coaching staff? Where are you at? Um, right now, as far as the coaching staff, um, I'm, I'm giving these guys to the end of the year. I've noticed that over the last uh, several seasons, these guys, they play, they play for Coach Rivera late in the season. But um, with three devastating losses and uh, – Coach Washington being in his first year as a defensive coordinator, yeah, he's making it hard for us out there with play calling. And then not just the coaching, but the players too. You got to look at Bradbury. Um, I'm going to say I think that we should like keep looking forward and fighting for the playoffs. But at the same time, our GM needs to be – our GM, our owner, whoever decide that's in charge of that stuff, they need to start scouting and let Coach Rivera and everybody know, hey, listen, that she can get hot, don't get comfortable. It definitely does feel as though there is a uh, – that there's not a sense of urgency that there should be. And, you know, you really have to think, you know, we have a brand-new owner, and, uh, you know, and I have a clip that we can play either now or later. But, uh, man, imagine how coveted a new head coaching position for the Carolina Panthers would be. I mean, you would have people, I mean, that would be one of the most highly sought after coaching positions in all of football. And, you yeah. know, you have to, yeah, you have to think that. Imagine that, Bill Belichick and Kyle Shanahan with that team. <laughs> yeah, man, or, or just someone, someone who has an idea of, you know, in, in the modern NFL, Tony and I, you know, we talk about this a lot. It, the NFL is all about points now. It's who can put up the, 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 the most points. They're throwing the football all over the field. We have one of the most dynamic quarterbacks to ever play the game of football. And he's due for another contract in another year or two. So, I mean, you're going to have to pick Cam Newton soon. You need to put him with what I believe is a, a good offensive mind that can help you get the most out of this offense and at the same time put the right coaching staff in place 
to bolster our defense to be dominant like it has been for so many years here in Carolina. Right. And I completely agree. I think Nova brings up a good point is like, I mean, or like just dropping the name Kyle Shanahan and seeing what he was able to do with um, how explosive that Atlanta offense was, how able he was able to use Jimmy Garoppolo when he was there, that a guy like that with these tools, you're thinking that, um, you know, you're, you're really starting to get excited about. Now, at the same time, what I think is this, is that while people have been calling on us to, to recognize uh, Rivera's history with the team and to caution this, is that you got to make a, there's two questions that linger for me. And that is, have we piecemealed the general manager and the head coach and the owner too much? Is there really truly a lack of continuity because they're all just been forced together? It's like a, a family reunion. You get stuck at the table with people that you kind of know. Or but, shepherd's pie. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you're forcing it. You're forcing it. Exactly. Now, then the window, is there any worry that the window's closing? And, Cody, when you come back, go ahead and let's cue up that clip that you're talking about. Nova, you got to go? Yeah. All right. Nova, hit us up with one last comment for everybody in the midst of three consecutive losses. Um. Again, I, I, I'd rather hope everybody, you know, keep pounding, man. I think we can get this thing back together. I really do. I do think that we should start looking to, to change the regime um, because this team is too talented to waste away. Cam Newton is great of a player as he is, deserves a Super Bowl, and we need to, and as long as he carried that team, I feel like we need to start giving him not just the tools, but the the coaching as well to go along with it. As far as that defense goes, um, I'm not sure, man. I'm not going to give up on it. I think we got the talent as far as players go and as far as coaching goes. I don't, I'm not sure that Washington's going to get it this year or next year. And I don't want to take a chance to find out. So y'all know I'm going the same way when we were screaming fire, she will look fire Washington. Get him out. Um, I hear you. Get him out. Other than that, everybody keep pounding. And I appreciate you guys bringing me on. And I look forward to listening to the podcast that I download from iTunes every Tuesday or Wednesday morning. Yeah. Yeah, man, fantastic. Nova Black, first appearance on the C3 podcast, has been in the cat calls before, or a regular in the cat calls. The number is 252-228-5098. 89 J Stubbs coming in strong with uh, a contribution to the show using the super chat. We really appreciate that. We just thank you guys for your support. That's what we really, truly thank everybody for just coming together on Tuesday nights and helping us form this community together. Uh, because we're going to do this whether we're winning and we're or we're losing. We will be, we will get through this. Cody, let's go ahead and cue up that clip about. Um, Maybe it's not, and I and I, and this is where. And before you cue it up, let me just say this: is this is where you know I have been cautious. I have been hesitant to adopt this mantra, this idea that you need to go offensive head coach, that you need to 
have a philosophical change organization, particularly as we saw this offense look so much more dynamic. But what has continued to bother me here in the midst of this and where I'm being, and and the reason I, another reason I was cautious about it is I I thought it was, I, I was just worried that it's a little too much. Like this is what everybody else is doing. Look at the bears, look at the chiefs. Hey, we'll do what they do and it's going to happen, right? And I don't think it is that simple, truly. But at the same time, maybe the NFL is changing to a a certain degree. We talked about this little on, um, you know, the post-game show. Cody, you brought it up. But is the window potentially closing? We're not closing, but are we seeing this is that, and my concern as I continue to see Ron Rivera address this is like, hey, we're just going to keep doing the same things. We're going to run the football. We're going to play defense, and that wins. It doesn't matter who we play. It doesn't matter if we play the same. That formula wins, and it really, if that is the mantra, the philosophy of this, I don't even know how valuable the head coach truly is in organizing everything then. I mean, then just hire good defensive coordinators, I mean, good coordinators, and say, hey, we're going to do this every week. So that is my concern is that could the window of opportunity slip away from us without us realizing it? And I think Nova touched on that about Eric Washington is I don't know if I want to find out. Yeah. And okay. So look, let, let's, let's play this clip real quick because he does uh, hit on a lot of the points and then I'll kind of go off of what you said and, and take it from there. But here is Nick Wilson. I think that when you have Cam Newton, who is right there in the age range, right in his uh, beginning of the 30s there, where he's coming up on a another contract, where you've got a team that has a window with players like DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, and Curtis Samuel, it is now or never for the Panthers and Ron Rivera. And, and what I mean by that is I'm not going to be a proponent on air, at least not right now, about moving on from Ron Rivera. I I can't be. Ron Rivera has done too much in this town to right now come out and say this is what should happen. I have strong feelings of the way the last three games have gone. The way this team has approached this year is troublesome to me. But Ron Rivera deserves a lot of benefit of the doubt. That being said, heading into this offseason, the Carolina Panthers would be 1A or 1B on just about any coach's list, if if a, if a young, hot assistant coach or a guy like Matt Campbell at Iowa State, they would be 1A or 1B, depending on who else gets fired, in terms of being able to lure the next great offensive coach, the next Matt Nagy, the next Sean McVay. So if they're going to do it, a year from now doesn't make any damn sense. Cam Newton a year away from free agency and going into year 31 – doesn't really make sense with, with a defense that is one year under rebuild and you're going to have to go ahead and retool with a new defensive staff because of that doesn't make sense right now knowing that a lot of the guys that have made your defense what it is are about to walk on about to go on to the great beyond after football this is the time if you're going to do it and this is going to, if this does go the way of the dodo if this season turns out as, as poorly as it feels like it's going to do now now is the time you do the due diligence because who, what is a better job right now than the Carolina Panthers? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel he really hit the nail on the head. And, and you know, I, I feel that one of the things that he really hit the nail on the head was with Cam Newton and the contract. You're going to have to pay Cam Newton soon. And, you know, kind of with what you said, if we're just going to do the same things over and over, well, then we're just paying Cam Newton to have a good year and then the team will have an off year and then we'll have a good year and the team will have an off year. Like not only are we wasting his career, but we're even wasting the contracts of the people that we're playing. And this is why I feel you and I have been uh, talking about Ron Rivera saying that Ron Rivera is not an elite head coach, but at the same time, he's not Hugh Jackson. You know, he's not right. a, he's not a, a, a a dumpster fire. You know, we have had a lot of success under Ron Rivera. He brought us to a Super Bowl, fifteen and one. Um, he had the one of the best defenses in two thousand thirteen. I mean, the man has done some good things here, but at a certain point in time, you're just pushing things along farther and farther down the road, and you're you're wasting people's time and career and money. You know, and I, I know that we've mentioned David Tepper, and he really plays in a lot of this. And they're going to find out very soon what kind of owner we have if Ron Rivera continues to let this team flounder in mediocrity. Now, one of the things that you were saying is, you know, if you do like the Rams and the Bears and bring in an offensive-minded head coach, I feel like sometimes the fear is it'll be all offense and just, kind of whatever on defense. But let me tell you, man, right now, I feel the Bears have the best defense in the NFL. And they just hired an offensive-minded head coach. That defensive coordinator position is very important. And it's all about who you put in the right places. But the question is, is that going to be Marty Herney? Or does David Tepper want want someone else to start to fill those positions on the football team. I'm starting to get like, um, I'm just getting, uh, I just feel like we know what we've got. Uh, I think that Lee Trotter says it nicely in the YouTube chat. He says, Rivera is a little bit better version than John Fox. And, you know, look, we've, we had, look, I have been a fan of what Marty Herney has done since his return. Okay. Um, but at no point did I truly believe that that was the long-term solution to what this organization needed. I just had to deal with Jerry Richardson hooking up his buddy. Right. And I wanted to point out that Herney wasn't as awful as people made him out to be. And and really the personnel uh, moves that he made haven't been uh, illegitimate or poorly done this point. And and they look, it looks to be all right at this moment. But I don't think that there is the long-term cohesive vision that's going to gel well. I think we saw Marty Herney and John Fox. So now we're going to see Marty Herney and Ron Rivera. It's, uh, I, I just have gotten to the point where I think we know what we've gotten from them. And I continue to go back and say this, is I don't know if I ever felt like Ron Rivera at this point has been the reason we've won. Like the soul, like he's had Cam Newton, of course. He's had Cam Newton and some elite defensive players, and 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 that's what and that and that's what they've made Cam Newton do is like you do the best you can 
we're going to lock teams down on defense, but now we're not even doing that. And it doesn't look like it's something that can be remedied in an in the immediate moment. But I do think you can pair a nice uh, aggressive mind with a good, solid, old hat defensive coordinator, maybe a guy kind of like a Rivera in a sense, like uh, what, look at Wade Phillips under Sean McVay, young head coach, offensively thoughtful, and he says this, I'm going to get an old hat that knows how to deal with the defense. That's your ball game. And I think that that is something that maybe in this NFL that Ron Rivera even mentioned that it was harder and harder on defenses. And maybe at this moment with these offensive weapons, it's time to think about when do you do it? When do you rip the Band-Aid off? When do you go ahead and just break up with your girlfriend who's been, and you've just been off and on, off and on? When's the moment? And I got to start to think that you want to act quickly in a very targeted manner to target a GM who has a vision of what he could do with a coaching with the right coach and then immediately make a difference to what the Rams went from with Jeff Fisher to the Rams or what the Bears went from with John Fox to Nagy. I want to uh James Woodley brought up that he 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 really appreciated what Stephen A. Smith earlier said about the Carolina Panthers and their problem was, and I am going to give, uh, I'm going to, I've tracked the clip down. Let's see what Stephen A. Smith has. We'll react to that. And then we'll get to these cat calls. And they surmise that he's the best in the world uh, at the moment. And I, I'm not going to disagree with them. So do we ignore the fact that he gets a screen set for him on basically every other play? Well, we, uh, we do ignore that it. when he's the one that dictates what's going This is. That was on Kevin Durant. I'm going to track it down. We'll get it in the next show, and we'll figure it out. Well, I want to I wanna honor that request there at some point. Um, Cody, yeah. what? Um, let's just go ahead and jump into the cat calls, and then we'll see where the show goes. All right? Okay. I, I did want to bring up one more one last thing before we do that. Uh, the Panthers win by year. From 2012 to 17, we went from, and so this is in order. Starting from 2012, it was 13, 14. 2012, seven wins. 2013, 12 wins. 2014, seven and a half wins. Which was, yeah, that was the, the we, we had a tie that year with the Bengals. 2015, we had 15 wins. Then down to six in 2016, 11 wins in 2017. Now, let me tell everyone listening right now, if we are, after starting as hot as we did, if we do not have a winning season this year, I mean, this it isn't even hard. It's 100% coaching at that point in time. A lot of the players, I mean, there's turnaround every year, but a lot of the players on defense are the same. You still have Thomas Davis and Luke. Um, you know, you have K1 Short. You have had a lot of the same players the majority of that amount of time. That level of inconsistency is nothing but coaching staff. So I'm at the point right now, if if we lose out, or not even lose out, but if we don't have a winning record at the end of this season, I'm, I'm putting money on it. I think there's there's no way that Tepper doesn't look to make some kind of change. 
That's yeah, all I got. I, 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 yeah, I'm just at the point where is that like, is that this is just going to be more of this. And you're just hoping yeah. that one year you're going to have enough that it's not this, that it's better than this. Um, so let's jump into these cat calls. Let's try to figure it out with you guys. The number's 252-228-5098. We appreciate you being a part of the show. 47 people watching on YouTube right now. We had record numbers on the post-game show. We appreciate that, guys. Go ahead and twist the phone uh, to portrait mode. Here, actually, he said this. Is I queued it up at 2443. Hold on. Let's see. I might get this in. 2543. Let's see if this is it. And uh, hopefully we can get it. Consideration, no doubt. Let's go to James. You're live with Stephen A. ESPN Radio, ESPN News. What's up, James? Hey, what's going on, Steve? Talk to me, man. Um, I just got just a plain, simple question. Yeah. What is going on with the Carolina Panthers? Is this James wow. the in the chat room? Interesting. You know, um, it's tough because until about three weeks ago, no. I thought this was a team that was going to be in a position to compete, you know, for the NFC crown. Now we're wondering whether or not they're going to even make the playoffs. It is absolutely positively stunning what has happened to them. And I didn't see it coming. I ain't going to lie to you. I didn't see it coming. They, they, they're six and five right now. And we look at them, and, and they're clearly, I mean, we, we thought that the two games that they were going to play against New Orleans, I'm going to talk to Ryan Clark about that, but we thought the two games they were going to play against New Orleans, man, we thought, hey, look, Listen, we, we, we got to pay attention to this. But I think when they got annihilated by the Steelers on Thursday night, 52 to 21, I think the wheels came off then. Uh, you know, they lost to Detroit 20 to 19, two point conversion that won a foul. You look at what they blew. You got a Gano missing extra points, missing the field goal. They could have easily won the last two games that they lost. But the reality is that I think that, you know, Christian McCaffrey, you're relying so much on him. What else do you have? Where's Funches? And, 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 you know, where's Cam? I mean, the, the reality is that when you look at Cam right now, you know, I mean, he's thrown for, he's thrown for 26, 2700 yards and we get all of that. I just expected more from him. Where's Cam? You know what I'm saying? I really did. And I don't see it right now from Cam Newton. The defense to me has responded with the exception of their game against Pittsburgh, no doubt. But I just look at them offensively and I think that, you know, I, listen, Christian McCaffrey can ball. I like him. All right. Their defense is ranked 20th. Their offense is ranked 10th, but they've got like the 21st ranked passing attack. Once again, this is Cam Newton's team. You're the quarterback. He runs the football effectively. He's completing nearly 70% of his passes, which that's never happened before. But I still am looking for some game changing situations that I don't see happening with Carolina over the last three weeks. I don't know. And not only that, all right, so let's stop the clip there. This is why people listen to the T3 podcast. That's because what I was about to say, man. Because that's what happens when you glance at the highlights, right? Is that I think that, um, you know, maybe that, that Pittsburgh game, there could be something to that. But the defense has been atrocious. Don't act like it has responded. And Cam Newton has been dealing, right? Is that he had an 85% completion rate. Um, what, what they, they just want to check the stat sheet and see four touchdowns. That's what they want to see. Well, check it before we went on this three game losing streak and you'd see it have four touchdowns, two and two running too. So the, the idea here that, um, yeah, is that we, the, I don't know what's going on, but I do know this is that 
is not Cam Newton. And it certainly is Christian McCaffrey has been sensational this year. But right now we're in a place where we can't put it together. And if anything, we can't put together a kick and a defensive stop because we can sure put up 30 points a damn week, I feel like. Tony, let, let me ask you this, man. Why do you think it is that it's only the Panther fans that are calling out the coaches? Like, I, there is not one place that I have seen anyone in the media, be it online media or television or ESPN, Fox Sports, whatever. I I never hear anyone mention the name Ron Rivera. And I almost feel as if he has this, like, voodoo hologram cast over everyone into thinking that, oh, Ron Rivera is a really good coach. He's a very good coach. He's one of the best coaches. But, oh, well, it's Cam Newton. Cam is kind of a diva. Or, oh, it's, you know, this or that. You know, it's it's mainly people uh, levying criticism on Cam Newton. But why is it that it's only people like us that have the wherewithal to say, uh, hello, we haven't had back-to-back winning seasons with a talent like Cam Newton. It's a coaching thing. I'll tell you the reason why. And the, the the simple reason why is, is this, is we watch the games two and three times. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's what we do. We watch them that closely. And, and not to say that we know what we're talking about that much, but like, you know, I can't really make any strong comments on why the Lakers are doing what they are because I've seen like 45 seconds of the Lakers and, and checking the LeBron James box score isn't enough to know what's going on with the team. And, um, but you know, it's a good, it's a good soundbite. Cam always stirs people up. I think James got on a national radio show. I think that's a cool thing. All right, let's jump into yeah. these. Uh, let's jump into these cat calls. What are your thoughts on cat calls? Yeah, you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels good. Like a three and a four and a Hello, gentlemen. It is Thanksgiving Day. I'm driving to pick up my son after he's played some tennis. I'm grateful to be having my family together for dinner today. And I was thinking about things I'm thankful for as I listened to your podcast. I just want to say I'm thankful for you guys, all of you. And you do this every week. You built a community. You sacrifice family time and other time you could be doing other things. God knows it runs long enough, right? Like a three freaking hour podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, you guys give up things. You make sacrifices for this. You run it every week. And we appreciate it. I'm thankful for you. You know, that's awesome, that, that, yeah, it was a tremendous call. First of all, um, on days and, and I want to th- thank you personally for that call because, um, you know, I don't want the accolades and that and the, the nice comments are wonderful, but I think what's j- gorgeous about that, that call right there is that, um, we realize that there's sometimes people who are working hard in life and doing things that people truly appreciate just don't know it a lot of times. 
And, and, and so my, my request to you after that blessing that we had there and I did, and I knew I, I heard that call and I was like, I am not playing this on the post game show. I am not playing this on the post game show. So I saved it for this week because of that, uh, for this show. And I said, and, and I want to recommend that everybody take a moment in your life, uh, sometime in the next week or two to reach out to somebody who does something meaningful in your community, in your life, and just say, look, is uh, thanks. Appreciate it. That's it. You know, people, and, and because it really does help, um, people know that, I mean, very simply that they're appreciated and we're thankful for you. We're thankful for this opportunity uh, as fans to talk about what we would be talking about anyway. Right. So let's do it together and have a good time. Cody, that got to make you feel good. Oh man. Listen, first of all, I want to say I'm thankful for Tony Dunn for letting me come on this show, man. I look forward to Tuesday and Sundays, not just for Panther football, but for coming and chilling with you, brother. Um, and listen, man, to everyone in the YouTube chat and Eric, to everyone that downloads and listens, you know, I mean, I'll have people at me on Twitter that I never see their name in the YouTube chat, but people that I've never, ever heard of before or seen before, they're wanting my opinion on something related to, to, to Panthers football. I, I feel like I've made uh, great friends uh, associated with this podcast of course, you, Joey, and Mel, and everyone in the in the YouTube chat, Lynn, Underground West, Tin Tizzy, J-Dub, the list goes on and on. We love you all. We love that you listen to the C3 podcast every Tuesday night. And as long as there's Panthers football, you know we're going to be here, baby. Let's keep it That's rolling. The That's the truth. I keep saying this, is football brings is a, is the best part about football for me is that it has kept me and Joey buddies for a long time where distance could have been a problem. So it's a common thing. It's a common interest that people can share their emotions and their experiences with. And we hope you had a blessed Thanksgiving and we're going to get back on track as a team. I know uh, I hope for it. Hey guys, Cody from Ron of Virginia again. Um, what I was talking about the offense is the uh, kind of the flip flop of what we've seen. We've seen the inconsistent offense that, can put up numbers, sure, but it wasn't like every drive they were able to go down and, and, and drive into the red zone. But every drive they made that got to the red zone was a touchdown, you know, essentially, except for select, you know, very rare field goal. And this game was quite the opposite. Every drive we had was pushing us closer to, you know, getting us into the red zone. Uh, and then we just couldn't pump, you know, kind of push that in. This should have been a blowout. This should have been a blowout. And credit to Seattle's defense for being able to kind of do that. What we did last year, which was been not great, our defense wasn't good um, from a number standpoint. But when we got to the red zone, we were one of the best in the NFL last year. And this year that has changed. Um, I think we're starting to see what having this, you know, Eric Washington as a defensive coordinator has done. I think he comes in, he's got a game plan. I think Ron can help him with that game plan. And I think that's what happened is Ron helped him with his game plan to start out. And that's why in the first half, we, we did a phenomenal job on defense. We didn't create turnovers, but we created pressure. We created a sack. We created, a, you know, a lot of these different, you know, scenarios where Seattle wasn't able to really do much, except for maybe a field goal and, uh, and, and, you know, a couple of green outs and whatnot. But then, you know, you kind of turn over to what we have going on over here. Um, the second half, you see that he's not able to make the adjustments. You see Seattle adjusted to what we had as our game plan. Yeah. And, where you would see other experienced defensive coordinators make their adjustments based on that as, as any 
good chess match. Um, we didn't see that. And, and unfortunately, you know, Eric Washington felt like it was just, and, and Ron can't help those mid game without taking over the play calling, right? And, and so we find ourselves in a, in a tough situation with him. I don't know if he gets better, but I'm hoping he does. Um, I don't want to wait till next year. Uh, I think I, I think we realize where our role, our weakness is. Up front, um, I think KK. If he had people that you know didn't force him to be thrown in double teams, but not. I mean, obviously he insisted on the team in March last happened nearly as for the contract possible. I might lose you guys. All right. So, um, interesting point is that this has been multiple times already that the, it's a good way of putting it is that we don't know if we want to wait and find out if he gets it. And sometimes, and look, is, uh, every, every career cannot be one that just ascends to the top. Just because Eric Washington has struggled under this with this, with these defensive players doesn't mean he doesn't have the potential to be a head coach in the future. But maybe this is a time where it's not the right moment for him. And um and and it's showing. I think that somebody else pointed this out in the chat room earlier and 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 it's just hard to refute. Is even Luke looked off. Like, I mean, yeah. is is that there isn't anybody. Um and then I think the next point was to KK Short. So we're gonna continue with these calls. I bet you he's gonna pop back in here and we'll come back to Eric Washington, I'm sure, plenty on in the Hey guys, sorry, I didn't mean to draw this into free calls. I just lost signal there and I apologize. Um, Cody here in Roanoke, Virginia. Um, I was just talking about Eric Washington. I, I'm, I'm hoping we haven't seen a ceiling, but I think now, um, you know, I'm hoping next year he's able to go back and he's starting to really realize what's happening. I don't think he's fired after one season. Um, I mean, you never know with David Tepper, but I, I don't see that David Tepper making that big of a move. I think he's got so many other things on his mind. Um, you know, with the practice facility and everything, I think his main focus is on that and, you know, kind of rebuilding the team right now when we had been successful, um, in years past, you know, is, is, is not a, a smart move to make. And, and, you know, and, and in my opinion, it's even it is, I don't know, but, um, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think what we saw with their offense was the inconsistency. I thought that was unfortunate, but what I also think that we saw was what our team is without Devin Hutchins. Um, and honestly, I think that puts the nail on the coffin for him for the offseason. I think he'll be back this season, sure. But I think his only saving grace for being back on the Panthers next year is going to be his red zone. Um, you know, having a big body. And I think we saw that. You know, I think the red zone, I mean, I know he hasn't been crazy in the red zone, but I think he draws attention. And, you know, with being a big body receiver and everything. So um, I'm hoping, fingers crossed. Um, you know, we, we kind of find out what this – I feel like we're one missing piece away. I feel like it's just we're clicking in certain areas but not others, and then the next week it's the opposite, and our defense is not quick at all. Um, I'm thankful for Eric Reed. Um, I think he's been the, the only shining star on this defense, um, you know, making tackles when he could easily not be blamed for missing some of those. Um, you know, it's it, Corn Elder. Oh, my gosh. Corn. Thank you for that call, Cody. And I don't know where the third of it, the first of that three-part call is. 
Um, but if we run across it, it might be later in the show. Who knows? Because sometimes I just have trouble keeping up with the order. Now, um, I do think, though, I'm, I'm going to go the other way. And I think this is that I think this is enough to say, like, it might just be time to bring my guy a, a new a change of scenery. Change of scenery for the GM and down. Right now, you're worried about this, is that Ron, it was even fired Washington after the season, put in a new defensive coordinator, and all of a sudden everything is great. Maybe. I actually really like what Norv has done with this offense. But I do think at some point, like, hey, is that when are you going to make – how long – if Pepper is considering a change at some point in the future, you know, what What would that be next year? Would it be a would an 8-8 eight and eight season? Would it be here again? Would it be a 10 and 6? What would it take? In many ways, I felt like Ron Rivera and every coach who has yet to just fully ingratiate themselves with the owner um, and and by solidifying themselves with maybe even a Super Bowl is every year coaching for a job, except for Marvin Lewis, who is always going to have his job. But then, let's, yeah, let's turn to Devin Funches. I think this was a great point. Boy, did we not miss Devin Funches one bit. And, you know, Joey's out right now with a Devin Funches injury, actually. But I think Joey's is real. I wonder if Funches's injury is truly real. And if if I wonder that, Cody, isn't it a little crazy to say how this coaching staff handles guys who have really awful games? And what they what that really says about the confidence they have in their players. Think about Ben A. Ben Wickery being a patsy after the Atlanta game in 2016. Corn Elder not stepping up and making the plays that he has to make, even though it's an awful spot. And now Devin Funches, who had a bad game, now has a bad back. Where is this coming from? And and we didn't look one bit less of a threat without him. No. And, you know, I, I forget, I want to say maybe it was a cat call or, or, or something like that. And it was alluding to the, the fact that the, the coaches, they used to, especially Ron Rivera, there used to be uh press conferences he would do where he would hold himself accountable. He would say that we as coaches need to be better, but it seems now like, yeah, there's always a fall guy. It's always someone's, you know, someone didn't do this right and someone, you know, missed opportunities. Well, yeah, I think those missed opportunities are on you, Ron. Um, and I think that we're all kind of seeing that now. But um, and one, I want to take a minute to say Cody has become a great caller. He's a consistent caller, calls in all the time. Shout out to Cody. Um, but uh, I think that he kind of hits the nail on the head. And, again, I don't know if this is going to be very popular. Um I kind of want. I do want to see what Eric Washington might be able to do with a younger defensive line. Maybe add another explosive pass rusher to this defensive line. Uh, maybe another faster cornerback to put back there uh, and, and add to that rotation. Uh, maybe a, a, another safety to throw in that mix. I mean, I don't know that with that many different moving parts with a brand-new defensive backs coach, with a brand-new linebacker coach, a brand-new defensive line coach, and then having to get these players all on the same page, it's like I feel as though maybe Eric Washington is having to do something here in Carolina that McDermott 
and Steve Wilkes didn't have to do, that they had more of a continuity going forward with this defense that Eric Washington maybe doesn't. And I understand that there are not a lot of real fans of Eric Washington right now. Everyone's calling for his head. What I would say is that if we're going to have a brand new head coach, it might not be the best idea to clear out the entire team or the entire team of coaches, rather. Maybe it is worth it to let Eric Washington maybe have one more go at it, give him some younger players, inject some youth onto this football team, and maybe see what he's able to do with that and an offensive-minded head coach to to go along with that. I just don't believe it's gonna. there's going to be an opportunity for it to happen. I think this is, uh, and this is a good point right here, is Jedidore says, imagine if we had Aaron Donald. And this goes to a point that Cody made in the call at the end of the first call that was starting to break up, and that is um, short has not been the dominant player that we have been accustomed to seeing him play. You know what I mean? Is that prior to this season, I said that Short was in the conversation of a Fletcher Cox, of behind, uh, of a Geno Atkinson type player, and he hasn't had the success there. Now you could say, look, is that it turns out that Poe has been a bust. There has been, we've gotten old around him and those guys haven't done enough. But then I look too, and that I mean, you almost say that with Trey Turner sometimes. Is that like once? Is that he missed? He's missed some plays as well, and it's not like. Um, but our offensive line has been good. The question is, has he lived up to the contract? And it's really hard. You continue to hear this. You hear Cam talk about it. You hear the coaches talk about it. There's, you know, eleven men on the field, and it's and it's really hard for us to tell. Is Eric Washington calling poor coverages? Does he not have the talent to do it? But at the end of the day, it's just not getting done. Right. And and this is is that we're not accustomed. And I just don't feel like this is the this should be the case. If you have a defensive head coach, is that this is this is on Ron Rivera. Then if you couldn't if you had to bring in all new assistants, then you hit a a young assistant in the process and you've maybe put them in a poor position. And that's not good on your end. And I continue to think this is that bringing Norv was an excellent addition, but. Man, Ron has really fallen short on having the defense shored up. And so that's problematic. And I am I am to the point here is that I don't know if um, – I think you're going to have to win four out of the last five games to consider this, to, to really make this a, a hard decision for Tepper. I think if you finish this season with eight and eight, all of a sudden this gets to be an easy decision that it's, you know what, thank you for what you've done. Thank you, Marty Herney, for getting us through this troublesome time. But it's time to bring in uh, a different approach and, and some new blood. The number's 252-228-5098. What's going on, C3? Uh, I haven't called because there's been nothing called up. Except for a major <laughs> disappointment. <laughs> Unfortunately, as Panther fans, I'm sure a good portion of us are listening towards the draft already and what we're going to do about coaching at the end of the season. I don't think there's a chance in hell that we make the playoffs at this point. Seattle has our first place, has has our wild card spot. And the tiebreaker too. He's probably a better coach team. Seattle's probably a better coach team at this point. Um yeah, I think the writing's kinda of on the wall, dude. We've lost three in a row. 
Um, you know, Cam Newton and Chris McCaffrey, your offense is getting better, looks like, with new pieces, but at, we're not going anywhere this year. And to be honest, there's no point in going to the playoffs if we're just going to get bounced out of the playoffs anyways. So my thing is, you know, if we let go of the whole coaching staff, do we let go of Marty Herring too? Or has Marty done enough to keep his job for the next regime? And if we do fire coaches, does North Turner go with Rama Vera? Do we try to keep North Turner there to continue this trend with him? I don't know you guys' thoughts. Maybe uh, what, we, what we're going to need in the draft. Maybe we need defensive line. Maybe we need to work out a little bit more in the secondary. Maybe we need to add one more offensive piece. I'm curious to see what you guys are talking about before. Uh, I love the show. I'm guessing. I appreciate the call. I think this is that I think if there is a coaching change, I think it's all or nothing. And I think it's GM, coach, and everything or nothing. I think you you either say, hey, Marty Herney and Rivera, Rivera is Marty Herney's guy. Uh, we'll keep these two and you get this defense sorted out. And Lord Turner was enough. We showed enough improvement on the offense and we'll keep you all. Or you just say, there's no piecemealing a coach and staff together. I think we saw the problem with that a little bit when it came to Gettleman and Rivera, you know, a kind of the odd pairing that, you know, just enough success to, to make everybody just like each other enough. Now, Cody, you're the draft guy. I'm going to let you tackle this, but I got to say this is that while the easy answer seems to be another secondary piece, we're going to need a safety at some point. Um, and the pass rush is non-existent. You also have Ryan Khalil on the horizon. This could be, it looks like it might be his last season, to be honest. And on top of that, Matt Khalil is so trash that they haven't even welcomed him back to the lead, to the, to the room. And Chris Clark cannot be considered. You can't go another year with him. You got to just really thank him and give him a bonus for his service. There's a lot of things that need to be done on this roster between this year and next year. Yeah, and, you know, uh, I think that was part of the reason why we signed Tyler Larson when we did, maybe in case we didn't uh, get another piece in the draft. But, yeah, there's a lot of players um, that that we should be keeping an eye on. I mean, I, I, I watch a lot of college football. I already have a bunch of names in mind that I would love to see on the team. So – all right. What positions? You know, what positions do you believe are most imp- are going to be uh, central going forward at the end of this season? So for the Panthers specifically, I think it's going to be defensive line because if Don Torrey Poe is not the answer, which I think we all know that he isn't, then we're going to need someone to fill that that one technique position. Now, listen, if it, if any of you know me or follow me on Twitter. You already know I'm a Clemson fan, but I'm also a Panthers fan. And there is one guy on defense, um, and again, I haven't gotten to the point where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pinpointing exactly what player position would be the perfect match for the Panthers. But there is a guy named Dexter Lawrence out of Clemson, six foot five, three hundred and forty pounds, super athletic. I mean, the the guy's just a, a beast, man. You could put him right next to Kerwan Short, and our, our defensive line is instantly better. Now, what I will say, though, is, you know, we might need to upgrade the defensive end position even more 
than that defensive tackle position next to Kwan. I mean, you have an aging Julius Peppers. You have Mario no Addison. That, that this year. There Julius, is no this more is Julius Peppers. And, I, and listen, I, I sympathize with Nirvash in the chat. He says another DT. Ugh. And listen, I understand that, man. But that's what happens when you don't hit on the ones you draft. Vernon Butler has been, uh, you know, he's been a, a non-factor. A bust, a uh, an absolute bust. Then you sign Don Tari Poe, and Don Tari Poe is not uh, what we wanted him to be. Uh, we, uh, Star Latulale was a first-round draft pick, and we felt it necessary to let him go in order to sign Kerwan Short and a few other players. So, um, but yeah, there's a lot of different needs on the team right now. I still am of the mindset that you bolster your team on the offense and the defensive line. You build the trenches. I want some mean mofos on both sides of the football to to dominate the line of scrimmage. And you have to do that right in the trenches. So as of this moment, I haven't gotten my draft hat, draft hat on 100% yet. I will in time. But right now, I'm definitely uh, – wanting to say that uh, we need alignment on on one or both sides of the football. I'm thinking that we should just take two offensive linemen, first and second round. I'd be fine with that. On top of that, I want to point out this, is that we better not, if we draft a defensive tackle, we better have a new GM because there's one position that Marty Herney can't hit, and that is that defensive tackle. Most of the guys that hit KK Short as well as Star, well, Star fell into Gettleman's lap. KK was a, a sensational pick. That's, that's Gettleman stuff right there. All right, 252-228-5098. Jeremy Mayhew, thanks for tuning in on Facebook. I think I just missed your shout out right before you left. What's up, C3? Jeremy Classic calling in from Great Old Newport, North Carolina. Just a comment on yesterday. Basically, a really good game between two teams fighting for playoff position, and we came out on the short end of it. Um, our lack of depth in the cornerback position got exposed. I didn't like the move putting Cornelder on the outside. I thought, if anything, play with a nickel where he has some experience from college and let Captain struggle on the outside. Either way, we're fucked. So, um, the D line. But showed some improvement, but all I gotta say is if two pose don't make a star. Cause I think we're seeing, we're missing our, our big guy in the middle hogging up the block. Anyway, just my two cents. Everything's doing well. Like always, gonna keep on pounding. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm gonna admit this is that I was 100% uh, wrong on Don Perry Poe versus Star Latour. Um, I underappreciated Star probably the whole time he was here uh, because I was hoping that he could be even more than just a, a run stuff stopper as well as a block eater. But I tell you this, um, Poe has been a tremendous disappointment at the very most. And it's hard to gauge if it's all him or not him, but I don't even care is that he hasn't been impressive. At the very worst, the very best, he hasn't been impressive. So that, that didn't work out. And, you know, maybe we're a little overwhelmed by the name and those old combine figures from 2012. Um, but, yeah, just a, just a miss there. 
And, you know, but at the same time, we have a lot of attrition when it has come uh, on this team, but every team goes through injury. And uh, we were not, we didn't have the roster prepared. And this is probably what's disappointing to me about the criticism for Corn Elder, Cody, is that um, Dante Jackson suffered a, a minor injury the week before. And, um, and then on top of that, you have counted on Dante Jackson so much this season. They're really, this was a disaster if any one of those guys went down, period, waiting to happen. And I'm just surprised that we didn't have anybody on the roster that was a little bit more suited for that position. You almost wonder, like, hey, could Galden have played a corner better? But, I mean, I don't know. Is that the, 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 you went into that game without enough, without the guys in the right spots. And we continue to start to look at, like, how has the personnel management and this, to me, comes to Ron. I don't think this is only on the GM, Cody. I believe that this is Ron Rivera knowing his team a little bit. And, and Ron Rivera has not been, uh, especially that has not been a strength of his, is assessing the talent on his team and knowing when to pull the trigger and when not to pull the trigger. And we've seen it from C.J. Anderson to guys like D.J. Moore sitting on the bench. This is a lot of Ron Rivera, and boy, was he talking up Tory Smith so much. Tory Smith gave us 15 good snaps. Yeah, um, and again, we've mentioned this before. Uh, we we think that you know when it comes to Tory Smith or you know uh, uh, other players, um, uh, Amini Silatolu. I mean, there have been tired times that he will leave players out there. And let them continue to be a detriment to the football team. Listen, we all love Jonathan Stewart and, and what he did as a Panther his entire time here. But I, I've mentioned this before. Um, you know, I, I remember last year. Uh, I, I want to say it was against Chicago. Maybe, maybe it was Atlanta when Jonathan Stewart fumbled the football three different times, and, and then you know, only later on down the season, he says. Oh, yeah, I kind of wish that maybe I would have given Cameron Artis Pan some more snaps. Well, that would have been the time to do it. Yeah, yep. I, I, really, I really do think that when it comes to evaluating a talent, that Ron Rivera does have a lot of ineptitudes in that area. But real quick, I want to uh, address something in the chat room. Uh, guys, This is, uh, when it gets to draft time, I'm going to go in-depth on a lot of different players. So, for example, my, my buddy, uh, uh, PantherFan13, he's asking me about Brian Burns. Really, Rel mentioned uh, Simmons, the defensive tackle out of Mississippi State. I haven't gotten a chance to scout these players yet and look at their tape and see what they do and see if they would fit uh, what we're wanting to do here in Carolina. So if I were to say right now, oh, yeah, Brian Burns, that that's the guy that we need or Sims, that's the, the, the best guy, to, you know, uh, the best bang for a buck at the position. I don't know that yet, so that's why I'm, I, I'm not going to put that out there yet. But uh, once the offseason comes around, I'm going to go in-depth on a bunch of different players and get your hopes up on a bunch of players we probably won't draft. But we'll have yep, fun doing it anyway. Definitely. Uh, Carl Van. <laughs> Carl Van in the chat room said, it's, uh, I've seen Post smash through the line. He can do it when he wants to. I think he's lazy. And it's an interesting point because there was a um, – and I was listening to 
one of the show, I think it was the Cal Bailey and Garcia, and they had an Atlanta guy come on, and this was before the season, and he wasn't particularly complimentary of Poe and did kind of cite, not necessarily, t- but kind of motivation a little bit and the, the emotional motor almost. And, uh, and it's showing that he's just not um, a dominant. He's, he's not anywhere close to a dominant force. All right, numbers 252-228-5098. Hey, guys, it's Justin, Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, uh, listen to the post-game show right now, and I agree, uh, I agree with both of y'all 100% about that window that y'all are talking about. I truly believe that, that this offense that we have right now in, uh, starring Cam Newt, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, those guys, and I believe the year for us to get back to the Super Bowl would have been with this offensive offensive setup we have right now. And like you said, Tony, next year we're going to be having some holes to fill, possibly replacing a center and Khalil. And it's like, we have had some issues with offense and play calling this year, but nothing that I don't think that we uh, couldn't have got over or haven't uh, figured out. But I I believe this was the year. This, if you would have told me the uh, you know first second game this year, uh, uh, or maybe even three weeks into the season, that this was going to be happening. Uh, we're going to drop three in a row. I would have said, man, you're stupid the way we're playing. Cam Newton said he would have slapped like, you. It is just fell apart. Just yeah. completely fell apart. Um, um, yes, the tools are there on the offensive side of the ball. I really believe it. Those guys, they're, uh, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, they are going to be elite receivers I, I truly believe that they're going to they're going to be the the best of the nfl um some of the best in the nfl uh in the next couple of years and uh yeah cam he's, he's playing out of his heart right now i can't find anything negative in him um i do believe that some of these games that we've dropped have been one kick away one drop away one fumble away but yeah. you know what? There's still L's, you know? Yeah. And uh, anyways, I don't I don't have to answer. I know that um, we got some big names on the defensive side of the ball, some big names. But we just can't pull it together on that side. We can't. We're trash. Anyways, guys. We appreciate it. This is um... – this is, I mean, look, is that anybody who thinks that the offense is really the problem or any part of the problem is just silly. And, and it almost felt like this is that, yeah, we wanted to say, had we capitalized on some of those red zone opportunities early in that game, that that game would have been ours. Um, you know, you think that you think Cam Newton gets that that first down. He converts that on that fourth down, I believe it was. And, and, and look, is that 
but what is what could have should have you know don't give them an opportunity to to put it on the refs in the replay now i don't think that we need to i don't even think the play calling was that bad at first you're sitting there going well man that vanilla got bad but uh you know you got cam newton you need two yards i uh, that's what I was saying for earlier is that like, this is what we got. So I think that the offensive play calling's there. I think the points have been there from the offense. You know, I think this comes down to special teams and, and defense. And it, and it's so clear that that's the case. I saw somebody mention, and when coming to the continued talk about Poe and KK short, Cody, is that we, all we heard before was the reason that KK short eight was because star was swallowing these double teams for me the one thing i need somebody to answer this to me is why did the one technique defensive tackle for all of kk shorts first for the career so far play on the left side of the center and kk on the right but this year with poe we put poe on the right and kk on the left I know that their assignments are probably similar, but why are you doing that? Why are you not putting your run blocking defensive tackle to match up against their right side? Because it seems like Ron Rivera always talks about running right is the power way to run in the NFL. Yeah. And this is something that I know you've mentioned a lot, a lot. And, um, you know, I, I kind of think that it's on coaching. Um, having a new defensive line coach and a new defensive coordinator, um, it, it, I kind of think um, that it, it really is just a scheme thing. Honestly, I really don't believe it matters too much. Um, it, I, I kind of think you're almost picking your matchup. I mean, do you want your three techniques on the left guard or the right guard? And sometimes the right guard is the more favorable matchup. Um, sometimes it's the left guard. Sometimes you just want your one technique to eat up the center and one of the guards specifically. So, I mean, I don't really have the answer to that per se, but I, I don't know. I don't think that that it should matter that much, though. I just feel that um, on the interior. anybody before that? Like, if that's the case, well, how come we never saw it with McDermott or Wilkes? Uh, I, I don't know. I really don't have a good answer for you. Um, I, 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 I know. I'm say- almost posing this to the callers at this point. I'm posing this to the chat room. I'm posing this to the uh, to the Panthers reporters. And, in fact, Cody, let's go ahead and queue up. I think I got a video in there about an awkward exchange with uh it was uh, Joe Person and Eric Washington I believe um and let's cue up this because what this has to do is about technique about how these individuals um you know kind of the game plan and strategy and this bizarre weird um exchange between I believe it was Joe Person and Eric Washington you tried a couple things that looked like yesterday to generate more pressure up front. Saw you had your guys in stand-up positions and several uh, opportunities and a little bit more blitzing. How did you think those tactics worked out? Well, I thought early in the game, I thought we had pretty good uh, 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 
hits and disruptions on the quarterback, even outside of the occasions where we got the guy on the ground, where we got Russell Wilson on the ground, which is a tough task. Um, uh, I, so from that standpoint, I thought it was better. Um, we can still do a better job. And like I mentioned earlier, anytime you have explosive passes, you have to look at what the rush is doing or not doing, and then you tie those things together with our coverage and the coverage technique. What went into your decision to try the stand-up across the front? Um, well, we, we, make, we make decisions about how we can best utilize the players and the personnel that we have. And every week our game plan is a little bit of a fluid situation. We make decisions based on what we think is best, Joe, and – and, Except for in the third we, we quarter. Have tweaks and things that just like yeah. an offense will. We'll see things from them that are unscouted that they'll throw out against us and we have to react to it. I guess what I mean is, uh, did you see that another team using that? I, mean, I guess a lot, I've seen it a lot at the college game too. No, we, 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 we didn't make a decision based on what we had seen. We, every week we come in and try and make determinations about what we think would, would give us the best opportunity to be successful in any situation. What's, what's the benefit of that look? The ben- yeah, what, what is it kind of a little bit more movement or what is well I, I won't I won't get into the mindset behind why we decided to utilize what we did yesterday and uh, the technique and all of those things for obvious reasons you know like I mentioned we we whether we are in a two-point stance or a three-point stance at the end of the day we're executing the calls that we have in our system and uh, you know pre-snap movement for us is not anything that's new. You know, we will frequently move around the movement pre-snap. There's a disguise factor. You don't want to give a quarterback a true and clear picture. And so we've done that throughout, and we utilized a little bit of that up front yesterday. Zero answer to the question. Joe Person keeps prodding and pushing, and I almost felt like Washington should have just come out and said, I ain't giving away any of our tricks or weaknesses. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, there's so much coach speak. I mean, whenever you're listening to these interviews, there's only so much you're going to be able to derive from it. Uh, I mean, they're they're only telling you these vanilla answers with just a little bit of of, of this and that. But like, they're not they're not letting you know the things that 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 we're wondering about and the things that we're uh you know wondering about so for example you want to know why uh uh Tari Poe is on the opposite side of where Star used to play. And they just they just don't get into that much of X's and O's with uh with the uh with the, the media and they definitely should. But I think it also bears noting that um Joe Person wasn't the only one that had a um a weird exchange with Eric Washington. And um, I, I, I don't know. I think that was just let this one um, speak, <laughs> speak for itself. You take into consideration injuries earlier in the year, uh, corresponding moves, those types of things. Is this the best possible depth at, in the secondary that Carolina can have right now? I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> if it had not been for the Lord, I wouldn't have not a, had a nail, not a bitch coming to my life. Not, 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 not a nail, not a nail. Nobody said that now, not like you say that now. There's a lot of moving parts. There's, there was injuries earlier in the year, obviously, that right. changed the things that you guys are able to do to to find depth uh, at the cornerback position. You're also playing 
the number two corner a little bit smaller to complement to counter smaller, faster receivers, in, in the, especially in the NFC what South. What are you talking about? Across the board, at yeah. the injuries that have happened and the depth that you have now is this best case scenario. I'm not a bitch. I still don't know what that shit is. Sound good about it. Now, not a mean. Don't. Now, now, not Now. I made that oh at uh, I made that at like one thirty in the morning, being uh, uh, just silly. But I was listening to the press conferences yesterday, and so this is what I get frustrated with: is that um, a couple. First of all, all of the reporters now at like the C three podcast don't exist, which is fine. Y'all think we're small potatoes, and we are small potatoes. But I always get just irritated by the arrogance of of people who are new are reporters but really themselves are are the only difference between us and them is greater access right and they are paid to do it so they're going to be more involved in, in producing content but you know there's nothing that says that joe person knows anything about football there's nothing that says that david newton knows how to spell and at this point, I get, and, I, and I'm fine with that. I'm not trying to be critical of them as their jobs and they don't do them well enough, but here's how they indirectly make uh, a fan discussion feel. When someone comes out and says something about firing a coach or, or what about Bird? Speaking of Bird on IR, maybe Bird, pray for him. I think his time in Carolina is probably officially done with this moment, but they they knock on us. They're like, and Bill Voth used to be great about this. It's just like scoff. He's like, oh, typical fan speak, typical fan talk. And then yeah. you get someone asking the coach a question that is so and, – and I'm sorry, Jordan, I like you. Like I'm trying – I'm not trying to be mean, but asking a coach to talk shit about the players on his team and what he has to work with in the middle of the season is not going to happen. And to say this is the question started out with is thinking back about those injuries that we, do you think we have the best secondary depth we could have? No, we have zero secondary depth and we don't even have a good secondary. Yeah. And, um, you know, really Ralph makes a good point. It's like all the media in the Charlotte are scared to critique the coaches. And I do think that it's kind of that small market thing, you know, if you're in New York or, you know, some big marketplace, the media doesn't care. They'll, they'll go after you all, all you want. But here in Charlotte, it's a smaller city. The Panthers are like royalty. I, I do kind of think that they're afraid to kind of step on toes. But uh, to what you're saying with Jordan, yeah, I mean, that, what, what are you going to do? Say, yeah, the depth that we have behind our starters is BS, man. Like, we, we really, I mean – we're hurting out there. I mean, you're not you're not gonna get that from the defensive coordinator of the football team. So yeah, and if I, you I can... ever did, and if they ever did that, if any coach ever did that, period, I would say you're the assholes that put together the roster. And on top of that, like, uh, you want me to go out there and die for you and talk about missed opportunities, my ass, and you want to throw. So I mean, it just seemed like this is that like. I just felt like that's a question that um, a reporter would have gotten mad at us for saying, you know, like, is that like, oh, I can't believe you even asked that. 
And then the recovery to it was just like, uh, not a now nutter, not a now nutter. I don't know what that means. Um, the cat calls line is 252-228-5098. We still got a good amount of calls to get through. Let's keep pounding through with these calls now that we've had our shenanigans. I've had to say this, but I think it's time Ron goes. I'm pretty sure you're going to talk about it a lot tonight. So I'm going to take a little different angle, different take. Hopefully, uh, I think the biggest reason he needs to go is because this team would have been markedly worse, I believe, if it wasn't for certain injuries. Uh, once Matt Cleo got hurt, once Taylor Tolu got hurt, that line got better, in my opinion, with those two losses. They were awful to start this. For us to yeah. figure that out, and that's not acceptable. You have to know who your best people are and who does the best. You have to figure that out. You can't just say, well, you started. You have to be able to evaluate your own players or you're completely useless. Um, yeah. DJ Morris, I, I kind of left him out because I would say once Torrey Smith hurt, got hurt and he came in, he excelled and did everything we really needed of him for the most part. And uh, I don't really have to include that one when the Torrey Smith injury happened was because uh, – There'd be a good argument saying that, you know, he was, he was that far many weeks along as a rookie, you know, but that one could be included if you want, but not, not knowing that this O line isn't as good as it could be just by shuffling players or even you bring someone from outside is just sad. It's just sad. Like who knows? They might sit Khalil and let's hold it back in there before we're even out of this show we're in right now. But that's oh, just different. Other than the fact that he's a defensive minded coach, he's let his defense go. And that's the saddest part. Like, that's what you're here for. You can't do that. I don't know what they got for you. <laughs> but that's my take. Let me know what y'all think. Keep pounding, everybody. Um, I think this is the. Um, the point that we've been making in many ways and, and Cody and Cody J dub has been saying stuff like this. And, and that is like, look, is I, I think we're starting to see some weird things happen when it comes to the coaching staff. And we saw some signs of this in the past. We saw them when, when they cut Ben a big wickery after that game. And then they come out and say, well, Ben a wasn't doing the things we asked him to do. You know, uh, I felt like this was, again, going back to after 2015, Ron Rivera stopped being a player's coach and started being uh, believing in his own legend a little bit or his own hype a little bit too much. And the bizarre thing is this, is that if what, what about all that coach speak we heard about Matt Khalil and now they don't even allow him back on the team to be a depth guy? Now, Devin Funch is hurt, and he's not even playing, and he's not – like, how about this? Is instead of cutting the guy from the team, essentially, or what you've done to Cameron Artis Payne, what you've done to some other guys, is how about this? Is just take Devin Funches off the field and say, get yourself together. We're going to go with some other guys, and when your opportunity gets called again, get back in there and make a play. But now you're like, hey, you're not even welcome in the damn building almost. Yeah, it's insane. And this kind of goes back to the snaps of Curtis Samuel. Like, I I genuinely feel like, um, you know, Curtis Samuel played a lot uh, in this game against against Seattle. 
but it was only out of necessity. And I I don't know what that is. It does feel like for a long time now, players, uh, the the bad, and look, this is a bad sign. The bad players um, that we have on the team, they'll get chance after chance after chance. Yes. Amene Silatolu. But our good players have to fight their ass off just to prove anything. I mean, look, we're talking about this guy right here. I mean, this guy that just left that defensive back in the dust, broke his ankles, has been fighting for time and on that's the Shaquille field. Griffin. That's Shaquille Griffin, a guy who have been, man, people have just singing his praises. Or Shaquem. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the higher-ranked player. Look, Curtis Samuel has an ungodly amount of touchdowns for 25 targets, 25 touches. My my thing is this, is I look at this and I go, man, um, I don't care what these things that we're talking about that these other players can do that are so important to a coaching staff. What they can't do is a problem. And so, like, then you've got DJ Moore, who we sat on the shelf for the first four weeks, and I'm starting to wonder, well, damn. Was he been been doing this crap? He caught a fifty three touchdown on a yard touchdown on his first damn catch of the NFL. Like, what if yeah. he just been adding this and Curtis him? So, I think J Dub is on to something right here. And um, as we continue to get new defensive coordinators, as we continue to get new offensive coordinators, this continues to be an issue. There is a constant here. There is a constant, and that is Ron Rivera. And that saddens me that you don't give more, if that's really the case, Cody, that he doesn't give more to his coaching staff and more uh, trust in their decision-making. Yeah, it really is. And uh, it's, it's baffling, especially when you feel that you have better players on the football team that could be contributing right now. You've been on the Cameron Artist Pain Train since forever and a day. Uh, I mean, uh, before I was on the show. And the, the fact that, I mean, really, if you look at it this way, let's say Cameron leaves, which why wouldn't he? Why would he want to yeah. be here anymore? I, I would never want to be around Ron Rivera again. Yeah, he's never going to have the opportunity to play football here in Carolina. So, of course, he's going to go somewhere else. But then wherever he does go, they're going to look at him and say, well, you didn't play that much. And you had uh, how many years there in Carolina? Why and you're 29 play? now. You're 29 now because he was a little bit older of a back when he came into the league. But here, yeah. though, and where I get really mad and really furious about this is that, um, look, this crap happens. You're like, I mean, I understand that. Look, I root for certain guys that I get attached to. Jameer Bird's one of those guys that, like, here, I'm rooting for those people because I like them as people. And, you know, and yeah, I've, I've developed some affinity to them. But at the same time, Ron Rivera has had no problem after screwing Cameron Artis Payne throughout his entire career using him whenever it's convenient. You cut C.J. Anderson, well, we want to get more touches for Cameron R's pain. We got to learn what this guy can do. Going back to, you said again, you're referencing from two years ago, the same thing. So it's like, Hey, we use you guys. It, it, I would feel if I was a player 
that I would start to wonder each and every day, look, it's one thing for us to dump on Funches, but now the coaching staff bought into it. Um, I, I think that that shows that there is, that shows a dirty side of the business maybe that we keep um, overlooking when we just say Ron's a good guy. These guys are good dudes. How many times do you hear people say these people are good dudes and you've never met their ass? Yeah, never once. Uh, and listen, frankly, that's a part of our coaching staff that I'm not going to miss uh, if David Tepper decides to move on from them. Uh, it's something that's um, drove me insane for a long time now. Uh, Andrew Norwell got paid in Jacksonville because of Manny Silatolu got hurt one year. I mean, that's essentially what it is. I mean, Taylor Moten, Taylor Moten might have been the best left tackle on our football team last year. So, I mean, I don't know, man. Um, it, it really does. Uh, you call in the question um, what you already mentioned, uh, Ron Rivera's ability to evaluate talent on this football team and also uh, giving guys a fair chance to make their mark. The C.J. Anderson thing still drives me up the wall. If you're not going to play the man, one, why did you even bring him in? And then number two, why not trade them before the deadline? It, there's yeah. just a lot of dumb stuff with our with our coaching staff right now. All right, back to the calls. Hi, this is Cardi. I'm back. Cardi? I'll be, I'll be brief this time. Um, as I was saying about these coaches, can any of y'all on the panel tell me what in the heck is these coaches doing? Why? I mean, Ron comes to interviews and his I am so sick and damn okay, excuse my French guys. I am so sick and damn tired of Rivera coming up here with these missed opportunities, missed opportunities, missed opportunities. Oh, we gotta do better. Take damn responsibility, Ron. Stop blaming the players. This man never takes responsibility. I have never heard him say, oh, it's on this coaches. You know, I since 2014. Admit that you screwed, that you're screwing up. And then he always say, we got to look at film and adjust things and stuff. Um, hell, it's been four weeks now and you, and you coaches still ain't this, did that? I don't know, Tony. I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting off here. I want, maybe you guys can explain a little bit better. I'm getting off here. I'm, and finish, you know, I'll be chilling in the chat room and, and and listen to you guys. By the way, y'all keep a look out on some of my comments because I might have some more craziness to say about this crazy coach. All right, keep pounding. All right, that's Carl D. Thanks, Carl D. That's our boy right there. And, uh, again, we're just uh, at this point, we it is you said it earlier, Cody, is how come we're the only ones talking about this? And I know yeah. we're not, not like this podcast, but the actual fan base. But at this point, we continue to see this is that, uh, I just get mad when you call out dudes that you put in the most awful positions. You put Corn Elder on a man to man, uh, and, and then with somebody said it earlier, it was zero pass rush. We never would have done that before, uh, to the, some of our best players. 
And you said it earlier, Cody, is you give one guy chance after chance after chance. And then these other guys act like they're damn dogs on the floor, hoping that you're going to drop some cornbread crumbs after Thanksgiving. And it is, is this is, I think, where I've just started to turn a little bit and uh, on the Rivera era is that I just don't know if he is is great at eyeballing those things is that is that that's where he should actually be good is that if you think about it if you're not an offensive genius if you're not a defensive genius that schemes dudes kind of like Wade uh Wade Phillips does then maybe what you should be is like you're really great at managing the locker room you're really great at uh motivating players and getting the most out of them and right now, that's become a weakness. And his lack of a – I want a coach who falls on the sword, whether it's him or not. Yeah. And, you know, Cam Newton, every single uh, – after every game that we lose, you know what Cam Newton does? He goes up there and puts all the blame on himself. I got to be better. We got to be better. He always puts it on him. But the that's what a leader is supposed to do. But yet Ron Rivera as the head coach, oh well, he's the leader of our team. You don't hear Ron Rivera do that too much. And that's telling. And it, it really does drive me up the wall. That that I mean, this is his what? Uh eighth year and the uh with the Carolina Panthers as a head coach. As a player, there are players on the football team that have gotten better at things that they're deficient at. Ron Rivera is not getting better at the things he is deficient at. And by the way, Carl, whenever he goes up to that podium talking missed opportunities, missed opportunities, he knows that's all he has to say. Ron Rivera has a disdain for the media. He'll tell you only a little bit, and then he's out. And, and that's, that, that's, that's really it, man. All you're going to have is his lame answers from Ron Rivera going forward, man. That's why as much as we want this season to be successful, it's knowing Ron Rivera and what we have seen thus far, it, it, it's it's going to be tough, man. It really Listen is. Listen to that. Josh from Massachusetts with, uh, with the comment maybe of the season. He said this is, I hope Tepper fires him, holds a press conference, and says nothing more than he just missed some opportunities and drops oh. the bank. <laughs> is that? Now, uh, Lynn says this is, I've been so impressed with how Cam is handling his pressers. And let's go ahead and cue up that video. Um, so proud of him is that here's the thing that's strange about this is what had everybody been critical of Cam in the past that was undeserved in many ways, but that he didn't just fall on the sword and just and put out the cookie cutter answers. He didn't come out there and just go, well, you got to shore up things, but he was actually authentic at times and showed his frustration. So now Cam Newton has got the best press conferences out of anybody on the whole damn team right now, including Ron Rivera, including um, Eric Washington. They're smooth. They are motivating. They are, are, are concerned, but they are also show a ton of leadership. And then he gets crap like this still, Cody. Cam, you're 
red zone issues today. And, uh, can you speak to particularly the fourth down run you had and the interception to Mahomes? And you're the, you are a, a system pimp. You ain't even a real pimp. So you're supposed to be co-signing to the shit that I say. You want to lose your job? I'm going to pull your motherfucking application. Or pull your application for that question. Now I'll ask you that. I'll just say this. It's all right to to ask about the fourth down because you want to say, hey, I think I got it. But I'm actually going back and I'm looking at that. And I know people have said that look, Cam forced it. It wasn't the best. But I don't care. Is that like Cam Newton was going for the play that was going to make a difference? And it was there. It hit the dude in the hands. It popped up and it got intercepted. So it wasn't like some of the atrocious crap at times we had seen in the past where he just like threw it to the other team by accident. Cam has been 100% dealing. He has been so good and lights out in every era and that area. And now he's lights out in the places that you say he wasn't. So I say to you folks who aren't ready to just say Cam is untouchable for the rest of the season. Y'all are some assistant pimps. Some assistant pimps. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but th- that's the thing, though. Ron Rivera is such a rigid person that you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna see him change his ways. And Carl D in the chat says, but he doesn't deserve the Belichick treatment of getting away with that. And you're right because Ron Rivera is no Bill Belichick. He's not even close. So yeah, I, for him to just give these small little answers, um, and again, we're not expecting him to open the playbook to all of us. But, I mean, there really is a, a sense of, you know, it, it's Ron Rivera's team. He's going to do what he wants to do. He's going to play who he wants to play. You know, he'll continue to, you know, subtly throw the players under the bus. I'll say, oh, Cam Newton should have made that throw. He should have made this throw. And and it's never on him. And I kind of hope that Josh from Massachusetts is right, that when Tepper – if Tepper does ever drop the sword on him, uh, he says those exact words. Ron just missed some opportunities. Uh, be tremendous. Hey guys, um, I'm sad obviously from this past week and what happened. And uh, I've been thinking about a trade that we might be able to do in the off season. Now, oh, all right. it kills me to say this, like literally kills me. But do you think we could trade? And don't kill me or hate me on this. Like I hate myself for saying this. Do you think we could trade Luke Keekley to get a high round draft pick for next year, or maybe you know a couple of picks out of him? Like I know he's probably one of the greatest linebackers to play of all time, and I don't know if it's you know Eric Washington's defense, but you know great players. You know they start to go downhill pretty fast, especially nowadays. You know the older he gets, so. Yeah, I just want to hear you guys' thoughts on that. And again, like, like I hate myself for saying that because I think Luke is probably the best player we have on the team. But, yeah, keep pounding. So, um, first, I think that the, the, the fact that, um, that this is even an acceptable discussion at this point demonstrates that Luke has not had the typical year that he's, that we're accustomed to him seeing. My question, though, is, 
despite how Luke, how great Luke Keekley is, is does a middle linebacker garnish that much collateral um, for the draft? And like what team would, and I'm not saying pick a team and tell me what that team is, but, but think about a team. Um, I, I'm trying to think of a team that would have has traded for a middle linebacker that high, right? And right now, I think that this is Luke Keekley is that what we got to do is I think we got him on a, another two years of his deal, maybe, it, or one year. It's like, hey, like, uh, let's ride it out with Luke. Even if we see some deterioration with Luke or just the lack of uh, or, or just not the dominance we're accustomed to, is that maybe we got to start stop relying on Luke Keekley and Cam Newton to win us games single-handedly. You know, Luke is obviously, I, I personally believe, um, and, and maybe, I mean, Julius Peppers is obviously a name uh, as well, um, and Thomas Davis. We've had a lot of great defensive players. Um, I don't think the Panthers have ever quite had uh, a player as good as Luke Keithley. And I do want to mention this, and I, I think we've said this before, when Luke is having a bad season, it's apparent because you're used to seeing him make so many good plays that when he doesn't make like a play, it's a plays. like ungodly plays too, not just yeah. good plays, like plays that shouldn't really be made. I guarantee you that everyone in the chat has had an experience where they've been talking to a fan of another team and they might not like the Panthers, but they like Luke Kickley. Because that man is incredible and he flies around the field. Um, I mean, listen, I, I understand uh, the sentiment. It would have to be a team in the top five, not even top ten. It would have to be a top five pick to trade Luke. And I don't even know if I would do it then. And another, and another problem is this, is that where we claim to have the best linebacker core in the league, right now might not be that right is Thomas Davis. I think right. is, is showed is finally age has started to catch up with him a little bit. And then you got, uh, you got Shaq going into a contract year. So unless you're ready to play, you know, uh, pay Shaq and move him to the middle, you're talking about a, that would leave us with a complete rebuild back there or at, at that position group. And I think that would be tough. Um, so, Sadly, I, I don't know if there is a player on the team that garners a lot of trade um, potential other than Luke Keekley, sadly. And uh, I don't, I, and I think that, like, let's just keep him as a fixture and just be happy. And let's just hope he gets back on track next year to be in uh, the, the Luke that uh, changes games single handedly. Or, or that we just give him some damn help in front of him. That would be helpful as well. And 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 I do want to say, uh, he played well against Seattle. I mean, he had that face mask penalty. People act like Luke has had like uh, almost a, a bad year. And again, a bad year for Luke is still a damn good year for a lot of other players. Uh, I, I want to make sure that we're also giving credit. Luke also made some damn good plays. Uh, and and he still does make damn good plays. It's just that he's, he's missing more 
than it has. And um, I kind of agree with Legacy Lynn in the chat. She says uh, she thinks that some of the bad plays uh, may just be because of the mess that we have on defense. And I think that holds a lot of truth to it. And somebody said earlier in the in the chat room is that that Luke's out there babysitting the entire defense and shows that he's actually doing kind of making up for even more Washington deficiencies that we don't even under that we that we can't see. Uh, so yeah. it, it's that that um, I just yeah I'm not gonna we are gonna kind of here we at the ends we're killing you on this one. All right, next call. Hey guys, Josh from Mass again. Uh, now let's uh, trade camp. Time no, to cool kidding. off after a third straight loss. You know, I'm starting to look at the schemes of defenses running, and, and while I do think there's some personnel issues, I do think there's some some communication breakdown between everybody and what's going on there. I think a lot of it just comes down to Ron is telling Washington to run this old school smash mouth type defense where you know, basically the rules that we have now aren't what wouldn't be in place. Because um, you look across the league and, and all of a sudden there's teams that have nobody for an O-line out there for years now. I mean, trash. I mean, dudes getting run over, like quarterback getting decimated on the regular, on the regular. You know, we don't we don't really need to list off those teams because we all know who they've been. Um, and of course, there's teams who get better with the draft. But then you look, and some of these teams will have the same garbage personnel, and all of a sudden, their quarterbacks have all this time and all this well, right? And I heard Tony mention it on Sunday, and and I gotta say, it's something I've noticed in a lot of games. I watch way more than just the Panthers. I mean, they're they're my team, but I watch as much football as I can get my little eyeballs on. Um, and really, I think it's a matter of uh, there's just, just a lot more offensive line holding being allowed because they know if they keep calling that, you know, it's not going to go well. If you're not going to have these high-scoring games that are – Yeah, if you call a hold on every 40-yard pass. All viewers yeah. in the world, you know, the people who don't watch unless it's big and exciting and explosive. So, what an excellent I point. Think that's really just it is we're one of the defenses yeah. that – and uh, maybe victim, a little strong word there, but maybe fallen victim to the new way the NFL is working. Let me know what you think. Yeah, uh, look, is that uh, what a what a tremendous point, and because the NFL is known, Cody, for highlighting rules that they really want to emphasize, and. Um, at the same time, if you are emphasizing some rules and you're not mentioning other rules as being ones to emphasize, you are indirectly and maybe even directly de-emphasizing those, those rules there. And, um, I think this is the other thing is that, um, we don't have a purely dominant pass rusher at the same time on the edge. So our guys are, um, is that, look, I bet you get away with a ton of holds on the defensive tackles all day. When they're apparent is when the when the offensive tackles just get smoked and a guy is trying to do something. And we're not doing that at the same time. So it's a, it could be – it's a little of everything. Uh, but right now our defensive front is just losing uh, the point of attack. 
Yeah, and it's it's so infuriating because that isn't what the Panthers have ever been like. You know, we're we're dominant on the defensive line. And um yeah, it's unfortunate, man. It's like you said when teams run the ball, it's like a kick to the balls. You know, but I, one of the things I've noticed, whenever our defensive linemen seem as if they're so close to making the sack, the quarterback will sneak away and throw the ball 30 yards downfield. And, I mean, Russell Wilson did it. Uh, I mean, it's it, it really is it, it's annoying, man. Um, but that's why I said football is born in the trenches. You have to build up the offensive and defensive line. And uh, that's what I'm hoping that we do. Uh, that's what I'm hoping that we put a premium on. Because I feel as though the picks that we've made, they have not panned out, man. I mean, yeah, we've we really had a bad draft under Gettleman now in, in retrospect. Yeah. Yeah. There's not, nothing else not to say. Yeah. All right. Shout out to Jeremy Mayhew again on Facebook. I know he's still watching there. Um all right, a couple more calls, and we're out of here for the night. Yo, what's up, man? Shout out to C3, best tennis podcast out there. This is Coltrane. So I got a little uh, a weird perspective on Sunday, man. I personally think it's going to be a win-win for for me at least. Let me tell you why. If we uh, win, that's a good thing for our players. It gets us back on the right track. We stay in the hunt for the playoff, and it makes the players feel good. Gives them more confidence, much-needed confidence. If we lose, it's still a good thing because it furthers the chances of Rivera getting fired. So to me, it's yeah. a win-win. If, if we win or lose, it's, it's still a good thing for my boys. I'm cool. I I'm like ready the attitude. To come in and do things right with the Panthers. So if we lose, that's cool. Just further the chance of Rivera getting fired, man. Let me know what y'all think about I- that. Peace and love. Cody, this is where I've and where I've just resided on the issue is that I'm kind of uh, tired of ju- of just kind of liking the situation or the situation being just good enough. Like, I'm just scared that we're going to get to nine and seven. What is the number that is just enough? Like, I either want us to say, hey, we went 10 and six. We made the playoffs. Hell, we unfortunately weren't able to catch the Saints but we did almost everything we could control uh, to have a great season. And then we give a stamp of approval to Ron Rivera, a stamp of approval yeah. to North Turner and a stamp of approval to Marty Herney. But I just don't want it to be like this is, Oh, we're stamping it because we're scared of what the unknown is. So I think at the end, what we are is, is that that's the point there. If we lose, this is this question if you lose to the, if I think of this is that the only thing that makes this really tremendously hard uh, to answer is like if we upset the Saints one game. Yeah, and and so okay, right now there's no hope that we're going to win a division. Not only would we have to beat the Saints twice, but we would need the Saints to lose another yeah. two. Yeah, well, no, but not even the, we would need them to lose to uh, maybe Dallas and Pittsburgh. And that that's not happening. I'm sorry that that just isn't going to happen. Um, I'm still hopeful that maybe just as their division rival, we can get one at home 
God, just for the morale, I'm hoping that. But, no, listen, Coach Ray makes a good point, man, and it's a tough pill to swallow. If this season goes down the drain, there's a chance Ron Rivera might not last until the end of the year. I mean, after that kind of start. So it'd be one thing if we did what you said, Tony, and finished 9-7 and seven or 10-6 and six and barely made the playoffs. Even then, I still think there's a chance that Ron Rivera is showing the door. Even even if that happens. Even if that happens, I think there's a chance they show him the door. However, if we fall out 100%, I, I, I seem to think Ron Rivera is gone before the end of the season. And maybe sooner than later is a good thing to go ahead and say we're like, we've already opened this. This will be quick and decisive. We're targeting yeah. a GM. We're targeting a coach. The last thing you want to do is what Carolina has been forced to do in some of the past situations, and that is fire people late or make look. I mean, or fire your general manager three days before the season start. For, you know, like that type of stuff. Yeah, I want us to do it with more confidence. And I even heard Masim Muhammad talking about Ron Rivera. And what he said is this, is that it's not that Ron, he was talking about the Riverboat Ron moniker. And he said, I don't want a coach that gambles. I want a coach that's aggressive in a way that exudes confidence in his team. So when that is, is that like, you know what? Give Cam the ball and go do it. You like have faith instead of planning for the worst possible events and then getting yourself into a place where you have to make a bet. What we, I don't know is if Ron Rivera has demonstrated the capability to do that because he is, he is conservative. He is a defensive coach and it is what it is. Last call of the night. Hey guys, um, I just listened to the calls from Sunday night, <laughs> and I was pretty drunk at those calls. So this is now, um, so that is what it is. Um, I guess my question is: after looking at the season, I guess you could say the best team to come out so far is the New Orleans Saints, probably followed by the LA Rams and then the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, if we're going to compete, say we get new coaching, uh, what would our philosophy be? I, as much as I love Cam, I don't think Cam is a 50 throw per game type of quarterback. And putting all of you don't want any quarterback throwing 50 times. Wait on Chris McCaffrey. I don't think it's the right move either. So, uh, that's just my question. What, where do you see? If we're going to be a high-flying offense, where do you see that high-flying offense coming from? Well, I think think we're actually seeing it, to be honest, is I think we're seeing the early genesis of what could be one of the most dynamic offenses around, is that if you get a little bit more consistent, I think this is at some point we're going to have to, and here – um, there's there's two topics I think that should be noted tonight. One is nobody has talked about Graham Gano tonight. How this man look, uh, oh, and I saw a tweet today. Oh, tonight, by the way. How about this? Is there is a tweet and I saved it, and uh that the Panthers have been bringing in kickers 
today to talk about, um, let me see, here it is. I think I got it, is that they brought in some kickers to test out today or this week in case they decide not to go with Eric Washington. I saw this. I need to check the date. I mean, uh, Graham, you know, I need to check the date on it because it could be one of those tweets that somebody threw from three years ago out. Um, but Graham Gano has missed any type of crap from us, which, you know what, is that crap on you, old Graham Gano. You, you've left a lot of – there's been a lot of missed opportunities out there. But I don't think that you have to really – I think we have a high-flying offense right now, Cody. But Marty Herney and this organization has never really gone and gotten a free agent that has made an impact and a difference. So what I think this is, is I think we're one free agent in a way on offense to put the complete pieces together and then focus a lot of draft capital on the offensive line and defense and maybe that and, and see what you can do. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you were to pull someone in, where would you want to, what, what player on offense would you want to, I mean, not even a specific player. I'm saying what position do you think we could bolster on offense and free agency? Well, I think that maybe you have to go. I mean, maybe it could be something as not as sex. Uh, how about a tight end? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not mad at that. I mean, someone to book him, Greg. Yeah, I mean, at this point right now, is that you're? I'm thinking Greg might be even be done now. I mean, like, is that uh, with a disappointing season like this, with the continued problems with his foot, he's going to have to have surgery in the off season? He said. I I just, uh, I, you know, you got to wonder how long that's going to be, and then where is Ian Thomas going? He's completely disappeared at this point, that's and I don't know how he drives me insane. It drives me insane, but. At the end of the day, I don't know if you're going to be ready to say we want Man Hurts and uh, Ian Thomas, an unknown commodity at this point with a lot of potential to to be the guys. So maybe it's there. Uh, maybe it's a uh, the addition of a, a little bit more proven veteran that still has a little bit more gas in the tank. Uh, kind of maybe like what Alshon Jeffrey did for the Philadelphia Eagles um, two years ago, or, you know, I don't know what it is, but we haven't ever added a piece in free agency that has made a difference. We thought Poe was going to be that guy and he hasn't been. So I think that this is going to, there's no way that you fix everything through the draft. Like you have to have some things work in free agency to account for those draft picks that go wrong. And you got to have some draft picks that account for the free agents that go wrong. And I think we're going to have to hit twice uh, lightning in a bottle in free agency to either get somebody that can make an immediate impact, not just have potential where in a year we're saying, well, we still got to figure out what this guy can really do for us. Yeah. We need to hit a, a, a round of free agency and we need to hit the draft, man. And, and listen, uh, honestly, you can have one good off season that changes your trajectory forever. I mean, I, I know I've already said it, but if you look at what the Saints did, uh, draft before last, Alvin Kamara, Ryan Ramchick, um, Marshawn Lattimore, every one of their players they hit on and their starters. So, I mean, if you add that kind of talent in a draft, bring in a few good free agent pieces – 
They don't even have to be the biggest of names, just good players that complement the rest of your power pieces. And you're on a roll, man. You're ready to move. Yeah, and and, and you, that's what you got to do. And, and it is possible. Look at how quickly the Rams, the Chiefs, and the Saints have gone from arguably dumpster fires to now the toast of the town. I think we have enough. Uh, look, when you got Cam Newton, I think this goes back to the Luke Wilson or whoever that guy was that we played the clip from. There's a lot to work with in Carolina as well. And instead of just saying those, and how do you get more out of them? I'm starting to feel like um, it's going to be really hard for Ron Rivera to win and ingratiate himself with me for the rest of this season. There's going to have to be some miraculous crap because starting six and two and finishing eight and eight is a disaster. And there's a good chance right now that uh, we start six and two and finish seven and eight, seven and nine. Right? No, seven and eight. That that, that hurts even listening to. That hurts even listening. Even hearing you say that makes me sick to my stomach. With the talent that we have on this team, that's embarrassing, man. And it does. I mean, I don't know if maybe we're jumping off the deep end, but it feels as though our coaching staff can't write the ship. But let me tell you, man, Cam Newton's on Instagram. And he's still uh, running the treadmills, saying it's going to be all right. And Cam Newton is still a beacon of hope, y'all. Uh, he still believes in this team. Um, but I don't know, man. But it, it's, a, it's a tough spot right now to, to think that, um, that we're going to turn this around. He has to, right? The players have yeah. to believe in them. The coaches have to believe in themselves. It's our job to panic. But this isn't panic. That's the thing. We have been very cautious. And and look at even with me with Eric Washington saying, look, is that these guys are missing plays and some things like this. I don't know if it's just Eric Washington. Well, this time it's everybody. So um, that's kind of where we're at, guys. This is the C3 Panthers podcast. Oh, we got to do our ice up picks. Um, And uh, I'm going to go first, Cody, because you might have something prepared. Mine's easy is um, I I was going to ice up uh, Rivera. I was going to ice up Fowler. But, look, I'm just going to ice up the good old faithful Donald Trump. And, look, I know that a lot of people get mad. It's not political. It's this. Donald Trump did something that I hate anybody, anybody does. And that is the other day on Twitter when that ice storm kind of hit the, um, the Northeast and caused all those airplane delays and things around the Thanksgiving time. He's like, oh, well, look at this. It's record cold levels and so much for global warming. Well, I get so pissed at this. Anybody who ever, and there's always somebody on my timeline that goes, oh, it's so cold outside. I thought it was supposed to be warming. The planet was supposed to be getting warm. Well, look, you jerks. I don't really know what the end game and result is going to be, but I do know this, is that most actions have reaction. And we have been artificially depositing carbon into atmosphere in a way that the world hadn't seen prior to the industrial era. So something's got to happen. So if you want to say that it's a positive effect, then you can say that. If you want to start arguing that the growing season is going to get longer, you go for it. But the other thing is, is like our actions, like we can't just act like what we do 
has no consequence. But then you jerks every time in Greenville, North Carolina, or when we're in Spartanburg or wherever they hold the damn tra- uh, training camp, and it is God like heavenly hot, like hell hot. Like, I, would you want me tweeting you and being like, so much for saying climate change is bullshit. It's hot as bleep out here. You know, is that anecdotal crap is silly. And so I wish the president of the United States wouldn't have been one of those people. That's how about this is all the crap that people are upset with in politics. And I'm upset about the tweet that says that is trolling me on my timeline about global warming, climate change or whatever. And I'm not saying the world's ending, but I just believe that don't shit where you sleep. Start taking care of the planet a little bit. I saw. I saw. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, no, I, I'm 100% in agreement with you, man. That's a big issue for me. Um, my eyes up pit tonight. Um, you know, ESPN tends to struggle. And Tony, you've even said, uh, you told me, you've cut the cord yourself. You know, you, you're you're not a you're not a, a cable or a satellite guy, man. And nope. uh, starting you know, yesterday. Yeah, and you know, you're not alone. And whenever people do that, it hurts ESPN, right? So ESPN, they're really struggling. They're really trying to up their broadcast and do good things. But ESPN doesn't know how to get out of its own way. More importantly, it knows how to get in the way of other people. And maybe you've heard about this, uh, uh, but every Monday night during Monday Night Football, they have Booger McFarlane, and he's sitting on this platform that moves along the sideline, uh, you know, so that we can call the game uh, right, right uh, in front of the uh, in front of the players. So that way he has a first-hand view of the action. But uh, there's just a little problem to that. Uh, no one can see what the hell is happening. Well, you can't say I didn't have a good view of that freaking shot right there. Ridiculous. Booger, get out of the freaking way! Oh, God. They have a monitor on the back of Booger McFarlane to broadcast... What his giant body is obstructing people from seeing. <laughs> Do you know how much money people are spending to sit that close to the football field on Monday Night Football just to have his ass in the way? Listen, man. And it's probably not Burger's fault, but I know for sure someone felt that this would be an excellent idea. And, oh, my God, you have just ruined a bunch of people's nights Every single Monday night, man. So to ESPN, go ahead. There is this awesome tweet going around, a gif on Twitter of Booger McFarlane to like play into some music, and it's got him like sitting on top of a car riding down the road. And it's just amazing. It's ridiculous. It's so silly. It's almost, it's just so gimmicky. Yeah, it, it really is, man. Uh, to ESPN, and whoever decided that shit would be a good idea, come on, man. I up, son. All there right, guys. Go. Yeah, that's the ice up picks of the week. 
and uh look we've been getting things done that's what we do is we just got to get back to winning right that's what we got to get back to is get back to winning and um like like our boy Coltrane said is that it's a win-win proposition and you know what else is a win-win proposition is you being a part of the C3 Panthers podcast because whether the Panthers are playing good or bad we're going to be here supporting the team supporting this community that we're building that we're expanding Panther Nation we're part of that culture change that is happening right be a part of the longest running Panthers podcast by turning your phone to portrait mode smashing that thumbs up button hitting the subscribe where you can like us retweet us check us out on whatever you listen to your podcast on and live, leave a review and send us an email, Carolina cat chronicles at gmail.com. Let us know you like the show. You're listening to it. And the cat calls line is the best part of the show. Now two, five, two, 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 eight, 50, 98. And my homeboy producing the show, Cody Lashney. He's pretty damn awesome too. Cody. How can they hang out with you on Twitter until Sunday? Thank you, brother. C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Cody Lack, at Cody Lack on Twitter. Like I said, everybody's been showing me a ton of love on Twitter. Um, I, I love to interact with everyone. I'm approachable. Hit me up. Message me. DM me. You already know what it is. I'm out here for the Panther family, man. Tremendous support. Thank you for all the well wishes. Thank you for the donations and the super chat today. Thank you for our Patreon supporters and uh, check out those silly videos that we put in the show. You might like them. And uh, if you like things like the Cam Wows, I stand with Cam T-shirt or even one that is great is the C3 Voice of Panther Nation T-shirt. You can find those on the website, carolinacatchronicles.com. And we'll see you next Tuesday or actually Sunday after the game.